example, we talk about that new identity. Talk about having that, putting on that new identity. Paul writing to the church in Ephesus in the fourth chapter, in the 22nd through the 24th verse, he says, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created, and righteousness and true holiness. Now, last week we was talking about the identity change. We, we saw through last month that we was into the new birth, and we was talking about the new birth and how that new birth brought a change in our lives. He picked us up out of that darkness, and he's brought us to the marvelous light. And so to identify, amen, this new identity that we now have in Christ is so essential and so important uh, to us as we walk. You know, we are born again of the water and the spirit, so that identifies us with Jesus. That's why Paul writing to the church at Galatia in the third chapter he says, for as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and your heirs according to the promise. So the identity of, of Jesus Christ should be working in us. And we was talking last week from Isaiah 11 that the the seven spirits, the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding and the might and the fear and the righteous and the counsel. Excuse me. These things, excuse me, should be in us. Amen. It should be growing in us and operating in us because it identifies us with Christ. Amen. And we are risen to walk in that newness, excuse me, of life. And so we have to realize that we have a new identity once God brings us out. If you ever notice when you're reading, and I hope you pick up on some of these points, uh, of the children of Israel when they're brought out of Egypt, you know, they never, I don't read where they call themselves the children of God. You know, they were always saying, we are this, you know, we're, we're grasshoppers, you know. I don't see where they ever call themselves as the children of God. You know, Moses tried to tell him, you know, you're the children of God. But it doesn't seem like they capture it, who, who they really are. And so as a result, they always saw themselves as less than what God was trying to say that they are. See, when we identify with him, then we have to take on the identity of who we are. If you remember when you was reading, and I think it's somewhere in, in Judges uh, chapter 6, it might be in there somewhere so you can study this out later. But Gideon, you know, he's hiding in the wine press. He's threshing the wheat. The angel comes to him, you know, and he calls him a mighty man of valor. And, G- and what does Gideon say? You know, who, me? You know, I'm the, we're the least, we're the least tribe. We're, you know, we're, no, you got the wrong people. You know, but he's trying to tell him, look, you're, you're a mighty man of valor. God is going to use you to deliver. But it, it, it took him a while to start realizing who he was talking to and what God is trying to do and show through him. You know, 
God calls us money. He calls us his children. He calls us. So we've got to start taking on that identity of, of what God says we are so that we can think better than what we think we are, you know, to a sense. And I don't mean better than anyone else, but I'm trying to say here is we need to be what God says we are. You know, and you later on, you see in that same chapter and a little bit further, when Gideon now, he realized that God is working with them, he starts to change the way he's thinking. And as a result, because now he's starting to take on the identity of a money man of valor, he's not afraid to start going out and start chasing after his enemies and to destroy them. And you see also when he finds uh, he's chasing Zeba and Zamuna across the battlefield. And finally, when he finds them and he captures them, you know, and he wants his son uh, Jeter to really kill them. But then he asks them a question. He says, you know, what kind of men was those that you slew? And you notice Zeba and Zamuna says, they were as the son of a king. And Gideon says, those were my brothers. Say, because they identify, he identify who they were. You know, those was my brothers. They are as, as a son of a king. We need to realize we're sons of a king. Amen. We are sons and daughters of the most high God. Amen. And so we have to take on this identity that God is given us. We are to be like Christ. You know, that's why Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, he says, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, if there be any vows of mercy, that you fulfill my joy, that you be what? Like-minded. Having the same love, being in one accord and one mind. Amen. Having, having all the same, be the same. You know, and when you get to reading that, if you notice when you drop down to the fifth verse, what does he say? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation of being found in the fashion of a man. You know, he, he took on the form of a servant, and being found in fashion man, he humbled himself and came obedient to death, even death of the cross, right? God highly exalted him and gave him a name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every name shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've got to have the mind of Christ. And if God says nothing is greater than he is and nothing can compare to him, and we are commanded to what? Be ye holy for I am holy. Then we see the value of a holy lifestyle. See, we have to, our holiness identifies with him. We are separated. We're set apart for the things of God. So we have to realize. So God wants us to be like him. Amen. Uh, the Bible goes on here in Isaiah 11, 1 through 4. It says, there shall not come forth, there shall come forth a, a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow up out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom 
and understanding, you know, and so you realize that once you have the wisdom and the knowledge and the spirit of God in you, you start taking on his identity. Because that's what he really wants us to be. And the fruit of the spirit, as you hear me say often, is the character of God. You know, the love, the joy, the peace, the long suffering, the gentleness, the goodness, the faith, the meekness, these things is to be in us and they are to abound. They are to grow more and more. Amen. So that it makes us like him so that people can see who we identify with. I, I think one of the reasons, and this is just might be me, that Peter not only wept when he denied the Lord three times, I think he wept because the fact of the matter is he realized if I hang with Jesus, I can't hide my identity. So I might as well let it show. And that's just me. You may totally disagree with me. But you stop and think about it. He was trying to hide who he was. They kept saying, you're one of his. He says, no, I'm not. Hey, you was with them. I, didn't I see you in the garden? Nope, you didn't see me. I know I know you. Nope, you don't know me. See, we are to identify with him. Now, isn't it amazing? After you got the Holy Ghost in Acts 4, they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. <laughs> See, we can't hide this. What does that song say? Hide it under a bushel. Oh, no, I'm going to let it shine. Because Jesus says, let your light shine, that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. See, so God, he, he wants us to be like him. That's why we're commanded that let's go on to perfection. Let's become just like God as much as we can. Let our identity be like him, our attitudes, our actions. Everything should be like him. First Peter chapter one, verse 14 through 16. Peter says, as obedient children, not fashion yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of behavior or conversation, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. So first, let's look at God's holiness. What does it mean that God is holy? Passages like 1 Samuel 2, 2 and Isaiah 6, 3. You remember in Isaiah 6, 3, Isaiah that says, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw this Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the serpents, each having six wings. And with twain they covered the feet, and twain they did fly, and they cried one to another, what? Holy, holy. Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So there's those two passages along revealed to us his holiness. Amen. And in Hosea 11, 9, God says, I am I God and not man. You know, I am the holy one in the midst of you. So God is holy. And so we have to be holy. We have to take on that same nature, you know, and how he looks, how he acts, how God conducted himself should be 
the same the way that we conduct ourselves. That's why when we're reading the Gospels and we're studying the Gospels, you know, we have to observe those passages and things where Jesus is talking to people and what he's talking about in the parables and what he's doing is because he's trying to show us how to conduct ourselves and how to be his children. You know, when you look at the Sermon on the Mount, it don't just cover uh, those first few verses there in, in chapter 5 of Matthew. It covers the whole 5, 6, and 7 chapters. You know, that chapter 5, verse chapter 6, and chapter 7 is all part of the Sermon on the Mount. And all Jesus is doing is teaching them how to reflect and be like him. Say. And so that's what we've got to do. If we're going to identify, we have got to be able to pick up on those little things he's talking about and to make our lives like him so that we can identify with him is what he desires and us to do. And so he's holy. And so therefore we've got to be holy. And if you, you realize today, it seems like people are going away from holiness. They, they're slowly drifting away. They're slowly saying, well, I don't, we don't think I got to do that. I don't think I need to do that anymore. There are certain things as we are uh, getting at that age, we, we realize that we can see the shift. You can see it. See? And as a result, that's because one generation has not declared to the next generation the glory of God. Say, it was from the beginning. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. In other words, teach them the ways of God, the holy way, you know, the way to live according to the ways that God wants. But we see this slowly shift, you know, that gradualism, that slow moving down away from the things. As you remember what Paul says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men should be lovers of their own self. You know, covetous, boasters, proud, disobedient appearance, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, uncontinent, thirst, fierce, you know, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minders, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form. Of godliness, but denying the power thereof, because see, the Holy Ghost brings you to like Christ. It, it, it causes you to be more like God. See, but what they're doing is they're slowly drifting away their identity. You know, if you stop and think about it, you know what we knew at one time as holy living and apostolic is hard. This slowly now is drifting away. You can't hardly tell anymore. Say, and so that's that's where if we're not careful, our next generations is not going to be any different than the people of the world. Say, because we our identity is supposed to keep us more like Christ. We are supposed to stand out in a sense, not in an ostentatious way, but in a way to where people see there's a difference in our lives and see that, yes, we are born again of the water and the spirit. And yes, we do reflect Christ. And yes, we are part of maybe that 7,000 that Jesus still got left in the earth. Yeah. 
see, so we, we, his identity, you know, my love for God, my love for you, is it being reflected in the way I live? My joy, my peace, you know, is it being reflected? The joy of the Lord is my strength. He'll keep me in perfect peace. Is my life in turmoil or am I in peace? See, the identity, all these things should identify us with him because it comes from the spirit. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, fear, righteousness, the armor, you know, how many times do we hear in the scriptures the armor? Is my armor intact? You know, put on the whole armor of God. What, what for? What purpose? So I can stand against the wiles of the devil. How am I going to do it? By the word of God. In the beginning was the word. So if I'm in Christ, then the word should be a reflection in my life. I should be able, my life should identify with this word. It should. See, so we, so God wants us to be holy, holy, holy. Uh, Lord God Almighty. From the beginning, it was all about holiness. Amen. So we have to have this new identity. So question. How should we live our lives in light of our identity in Christ? How should we live our lives in light of our identity in Christ? The most important thing that we have is our identity in Christ. Uh, Like I tell ministers all the time, the most important thing that you got as a minister is your calling. I tell them that all the time. That's the most important thing you got as a minister is your calling. And if you lose that calling, what are you going to have left? Our identity is Christ is first and foremost one of newness. Newness. How do you feel when you get a new dress? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> or a new suit. How do you feel? You know, you stop and think about it. You going out, you're going shopping for a new suit or new dress. And you go into the store and you're walking around and you look and all of a sudden this dress or this suit catches your eye. And the first thing you go is, I think I'll try this one on. So you jerk it off the rack, you go in, and isn't it amazing that they just seem to have some mirrors inside of the dressing room so that you can see. Or if you got your spouse with you, what you might do, you might, or somebody with you, you walk back out and have that get opinion, right? You say, hey, how do you think this looks? And they go, oh, that looks nice on you. you. Girl, you need that. Man, you need that. You know, that's going to look nice on you, you know. 
And they edify you. They build you up. What do you wind up doing? You buy that dress or you buy that suit. You know? And when you put it on and you go to church or wherever you go, you feel good about yourself. You know? Who you are. Your identity of newness kind of changed. You know? You feel good about yourself. Well, that's the way it is when God fills us with his spirit. He brings us into newness. See? And that's why Paul says in Romans 6, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Know you not that so many of us that was baptized into Jesus Christ. We was baptized during his death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, we should what? Walk in newness of life. Amen. We should be identifying now. With him, not the world anymore. I don't identify with them anymore. See, I want to identify with Christ. That's why sometimes people say to me, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'll say to them, question like, why not? It says, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. You're not supposed to feel comfortable. That reason you don't feel comfortable is because God has brought you out. You're not going to feel comfortable. You know? You're newness now. You're new. You're light in a dark place. See? So you have to take the leader role that God is bringing you to now to let his light through you reflect your newness so that, as he said, men will see your good works and glorify your father. In other words, they see your change. They will want to change. But if I condense and go back to the way that I was, I'm not changing anybody. See, I I have to let them be able to see the difference in the change. Somebody is going to see it, and they're going to start asking you questions. It may take a while, you know, but little bit by little bit, they're going to realize that something changed in them. Uh, I remember when I got saved, man, I went to work on, well, left work on Friday and came back on Monday. And they, all my people that worked for me, they looked at me and they says, you're not the same individual anymore. I says, right. You know, right, I am not. And I immediately started telling them what happened. I went to church. I got baptized in Jesus' name. Got the Holy Ghost. You know, and they start asking questions. I mean, I got all these senior NCOs working for me and officers that's in our in our section, and all of a sudden we're having Bible study. You know, right in the office. My boss was Lieutenant Colonel. He's been on it. You know, we're all. And then I don't know if you guys remember Major Grissom that came here that when we did the birthday party from from Indianapolis. He drove all the way from Indianapolis. He was in there with. He was a major at the time. He came in. He, he said, down, he says, Sergeant Parker, he says, uh, you got to go through that again. He says, uh, I heard that one before, you know. I went over it again, you know. So, but we, we build a good relationship, you know, and stuff. But they saw the difference. They saw the change. Because, I, you know, it was like God just turned the light bulb, and I just felt like I needed to share and tell what God had did. Because they saw it. Uh, right out the gate, you know. So, but the, this newness, that's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creation. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Amen. Identity is defined as the collective aspect of the set of characteristics by which a thing is definitely recognized or known. So our new identity in Christ should be recognizable both by ourselves and by others. Okay? Our identity is defined as the collective aspects of the set of characteristics by which a thing is definitely recognizable or known. So our new identity in Christ should be recognizable by ourselves and others. Do you value your Holy Ghost? Do you get excited about it? Amen. That's, that should be, you know, there, there should be something about it that just gets you, man. <laughs> I mean, just make you go, whoo, every now and then, you know. Just look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, thank you, Jesus. Man, thank you for what you've done in my life, you know. Sing a new song, you know. Walk around the house, sing a song. Walk through the store singing a song, you know. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Building yourself, Paul says, on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. A further definition of identity is the quality or condition of being the same as something else. The quality or condition of being the same as something else. That's why it says, let this mind be in you, which is also... In Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. See? Amen. So, we know that the name Christian means literally to be a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer and follower. Amen. One of the most important revelations we can get from the Word of God is to understand who we are in Christ. Who we are in Christ. Amen. Who do we identify with? Who do we identify with? Do we identify with Jesus or the devil? Remember what John says in 1 John 3, 10? And this is manifested the children of God and children of God. He loveth not his brother is not of God, nor he that doeth not righteousness. Right? So we, we've got to identify. Amen. So we want to make sure that our identity, we, we need to... Make sure we have a life of prayer. We have a life of devotion. You know, serving God should be priority one. And loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul should be priority one. Because the more we do these things, kind of like I said uh, last week, you know, about the three times to pray each day. Hopefully everybody's doing that, you know, praying, you know, to do that. See how it draws you and, and how you feel makes you feel much better. Amen. Not understanding our identity in him will keep us living far below our rights and our privileges in Christ. What does it mean to identify with Christ? It's normal for us to identify with something or someone. It makes us feel connected and give us a feeling of belonging. In our everyday lives, we identify with persons, organizations, occupations, nationalities, and churches. We also have an identity in the spiritual realm. The spirit, scripture says we have been crucified 
with Christ. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, so I have to identify, are you crucified? See, did you kill the old guy? You buried the old man. Amen. Calvary, we, you know, notice what Paul says in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Amen. He raised us up and put us in heavenly places. Amen. So where are you sitting? <laughs> you should be sitting in heavenly places. Amen. <clears throat> See, but there's too many people that don't know where they are. Don't know where they're sitting. They don't even know they're saved. You know, we, we have to know. We have to identify. Amen. A lot of people, instead of identifying with Christ, they identify with the problems that comfort them or confront them. Amen. A lot of times you hear people say, oh, I'm an alcoholic. No. See, they identify with the problems in the situation. I'm divorced. Uh, I'm a druggie. No. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Identify with who you are. Your identity. Amen. Yeah, I'm not bipolar. <laughs> yeah, people say, I'm bipolar. Oh, really? I thought you was born again. How can you be bipolar if you're born again? Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Huh? Come on. Let's identify with Christ. Stop listening to the way the world say you are. And start living what God says you are. We are his children. What did Second Corinthians five seventeen say? We are new creatures. I'm a new creature in Christ. Second Corinthians five twenty one. We are righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. Amen. First Peter two twenty four. We are healed by God. Second Corinthians eight and nine. We are made rich in God. Ephesians one six. We are accepted by God. Amen. Romans 6, 20 through 22, we are free from sin in God. Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors in God. Amen. 1 John 3, 2, we are the sons of God. Galatians 3, 26, we are the children of God. Amen. So let's be what we are. Let's identify with what he says we are and not what the world says we are. We don't belong to the world anymore. We're in the world, but not of the world. Amen. So therefore, if any man be in Christ, 
He's a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things become new. In the Living Bible, that same passage says it this way, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and the Living Bible says, when someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Think about that. Sometimes these other translations, sometimes you can get some good things that just go like, wow! You know, it makes a difference sometimes. Amen. Amen. So, we, we, we got to be, Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He says, we're trouble on every side, but we're not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. What are we doing? We're always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ might be manifested in us. In this body, see, notice, to be revealed in us, that which was from the beginning, John says, which we have seen and looked upon in our handles, has handle of the word of life. But the life was manifested, and we declare unto you, what is he declaring unto us? So that our joy might be full. See, we want to identify with him. Amen. Because he wants us to be like him. So, number C on your paper there, the identity of spiritual fruit. Galatians 5, 19 through 23. Notice Paul, first of all, he talks to us about the flesh. Right? Now, notice what he says here. Now, the works of the flesh, verse 6, 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifested, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murderers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. See? So he's he's trying to say, look, that's the old way now. I told you that can't get you to heaven. <clears throat> so don't do those things. That's what he's trying to say. Don't identify with those things anymore. Because they won't get you to heaven. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Is joy, is peace, excuse me, is long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with his affection and lust. Uh, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another and envying one another. <laughs> See, so notice the fruit of the spirit should be what is being manifested in us now. See, that's why Peter would later in, in his epistle in Second Peter, he says, add to your faith 
virtue, you know, goodness, you know, moral excellency, you know, add to your faith knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they may that you need to be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But they that like these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten it was purged from their old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give to make all your calling and election sure. For if we do these things, we'll never fall. Right? So we have to identify with the fruit. Remember Jesus says in John 15, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch in me that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are cleansed by the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear forth fruit except it abide in the vine. No more than you, except you abide in me. Amen. I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, for without me, what? can't do anything. Okay? We can't we can't do anything without him. He gives us life. He gives us is is through him. Say so we have to identify with the tree. Okay? It does, that's why when you go back and read Matthew 7, he, he talks about the same concept here that the fruit is known by the tree. The tree is known by the fruit. Say, because if I, if it's an apple tree, it's gonna have apples. If it's an orange tree, it's gonna have oranges. That's why he keeps saying things like, you don't get figs from a thistle bush. Comes from a fig tree. He, He talks these things to let you see he's trying to show us the identity here, how to identify with him. And what we are to be. So the fruit of the Spirit is should identify us with Him. See? That's why on the third day in the garden, when creation, what happened? He says, let the fig, I mean, the fruit trees, you know, bring forth their fruit with the seed being in them. Right? So the fruit is in the seed. And the seed is in the fruit. See? So if I say I'm Christ's, that's what, notice what he said in Galatians. You are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. See, we have to identify with the tree. That's why Jesus told the Sadducees and Pharisees, you know, he says, you are your father, the devil. You know? And the works of your father you will do. See, because they say, yeah, Abraham's our father. You know, we have Moses. He said, well, if you did, you wouldn't be out here trying to kill me. You know? So the fruit will identify us. The attributes of true Christianity are found in spiritual reproduction. What are we reproducing? What are we bringing forth? You know? Everything that we do should be to be produced more like Christ in our lives because we identify with him. Amen. The identity of a spiritual mind, Colossians 3, 
verse 8 through 13. But now you also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed and knowledge after the image of him that created him. For there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, born, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a qual against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Amen. The changes of oneself begin, as we said earlier, with the changing of the mind. You know, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, it, it comes down to the way we think. Once we have knowledge of God and God's ways, it should cause us to think a whole different outlook and different way so that we can start to identify with who he is. That's why he gives us the understanding. That's why he gives us the wisdom. It's the principal thing. With all that getting, get an understanding. See? That's why the book of Proverbs, to me, is, is probably one of the most important books in the Bible. Because it's a book of wisdom. And once we understand that wisdom of God, amen, since we know the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, that Jesus Christ is the power of God and he's the wisdom of God. So therefore, if we get his wisdom in us, we'll have discretion. We'll have knowledge. We'll have understanding. So we can make right choices and right decisions and do the things he's asking us to do so that we will reflect him. And we will identify with him in all that we do. So notice what Paul is saying here. He says, put off these things because you already killed the old guy. Anger, you shouldn't be angry. Be angry, sin not. You know, malice, you know, don't, don't practice that. Lying one to another. Filthy communication. Wrath, blasphemy. These things. He says, you know, you renew the mind. Renew the way you think. Think about how it is, you know. You you got to identify with Christ. Sometimes it's easy to let things get into you as they sit down south in your crawl. You know, it's real easy if you let it. But you have to change your mind. Don't give in to the enemy of your soul. You know, he knows when you get upset. Don't let him push you. Don't let him push your button to where you go off the deep end and start, you know, holding anger and harboring anger and bitterness in your heart because you don't win that way. You don't identify Christ that way. You know, uh, the first is if you notice what Jesus, as soon as James and John wanted to be on the right and on the left, you know, what did Jesus do? He said, OK, guys, all of you come here one minute. Sit down here. Let me give you an education class. He says the Gentiles do that. Should not be among you. Huh? 
just explain to them. No. Because they, re- the other ten got really upset. <laughs> you know, they say, are you kidding me? Basically, I think that's probably what they said. You kidding me? You know, you think you're going to be here? You're going to be there? You know, but Jesus explained to them the importance of if you want to be great, you got to learn how to be a servant. Because that's what he identifies with. It's servanthood. Amen. As he said, the Son of Man did not come to be ministered to, but to minister and give his life a ransom. So one of the indications of our identity change is do we serve? Amen. Are we servants of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. So we want to identify with him in all that we do. Thank you, Jesus. On a hill far away stood an old 